My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. Britt here. Today we have another exciting interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, Gary Arndt, has has worked for over a decade in the travel space. Gary uh, Gary won the Travel Photography of North America three years running. Woo! That's amazing. He has traveled over 200 countries and territories, and he is the creator of Everything and Everywhere Daily Podcast. Hey Gary, thanks so much for jumping on. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited for today's conversation. We're going to go over some great takeaways, some wins, what's working. You know, we'll go over a little bit of some of the challenges that you've been through and just some great takeaways and conversation and within that alone. But before I really jump in and get started, would you mind just going ahead and telling us a little bit about your story? Because I think it's really fantastic. And uh, I just tell us how you got to where you are today. Sure. Uh, well, in the 90s, I started out, I was a very early internet developer. Uh, I had a consulting firm that I grew to 50 employees, and I sold it before the dot-com bubble burst. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't really know what to do after that, went back to school for a bit, decided it wasn't what I wanted to do, and came up with the idea of traveling around the world. So 2007, I sold my house, uh, set out to, I told everyone I'd be gone for a year, but I thought in the back of my mind, eh, it'd probably be two. Uh, but it turned into, I just never stopped. I, I basically was on the road full time for about a decade, and then I eventually got an apartment back in the U.S. Um, where I, but I would still travel maybe a third to a half the year, and I did that until the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, I never, in my wildest dreams, thought that the travel and tourism industry, which was one of, which is one of the largest industries in the world, would just disappear, which is what happened. Right. And within a, a few weeks, uh, in March of 2020. I lost all the contracts I had for photography, uh, all the, I wouldn't say all, but the vast majority of the traffic to my website disappeared. Uh, all the affiliate sales disappeared. I had a travel podcast. The um, audience for that dropped. And so I found myself in a, a very tough position. And talking to some, some big wigs in the travel industry, I realized that this was not going to be temporary. This was going to take years to play out. And I couldn't rely on the travel business anymore. And I also, even before it started, I wasn't really happy with like blogging and social media, just where it was going and, and what, you know, cause everyone is just doing SEO, the same SEO articles. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had this idea for a podcast that I had about two years ago or two years before the pandemic. And I began doing research and realized the episodes are going to be very long and an episode every two weeks probably wasn't going to be viable for a show. So I shelved the idea, but then I brought it back. And instead of doing very long episodes, I did the opposite. I focused on short daily episodes of where you can learn something new every day, something from history, uh, whatever. And th- uh, so I began doing that on uh, July 1st of 2020. And uh, I've been doing a little over two years now. And uh, so far, the, the show has, has grown a lot, especially this last year. 
and it's uh, become pretty successful. Yeah, and you have already in just this past year, you've increased so many downloads, right? How much? What what amount are you at now? Um, so this we're recording this in September of 2022, and I'm on track for about 860,000 downloads this month. That's and my incredible. goal for this year was to, to do a million in a month. And I should be able to do that if the current growth continues. And to put that into right. perspective, in December, the last month of 2021, I had 180,000 downloads. So absolutely incredible. I love what you're doing. It's all fantastic. And it is working so well for you in such a short amount of time. So that's incredible to hear, Gary. Now, we, we all know that with building a six-figure or higher business, there's the, the, there's the wins, but there's also lots of challenges. What are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced during this time? Well, I know we I touched this on I, some. <laughs> when I pitched this idea of the show to some of my friends who had successful podcasts, their reaction was universally the same. One, mm -hmm. this is a great idea. Two, you're insane for doing this. Because it's a day and it's not just a daily show where it's like, oh, here are a couple thoughts and an inspirational thing for today. No, I am researching and writing a 2000 word article every, every single day. one, every single right. day. So it's, it's a job. And I, and it's not like I'm batching these ahead of time, like tomorrow's show. Not only have I not written it, I have not started it. And I don't even know what it's going to be about. You haven't um, even thought about it yet. Well, I have a list of almost 800 show ideas. So I'll usually okay. pick one of those out that I feel comfortable doing. And I have, I have a rough idea of what I'm going to say and then I'll, that I'll do it. I just haven't picked out tomorrow's show yet. Gotcha. It's interesting. Uh, you know, how does it work with, um, what is it like with time management with your podcast and doing these, these scripts and everything like that? How do you, how do you feel about the time management with it? Is it tough or because you're doing it all on your own? Um, yeah, I do everything on my own currently. Mm -hmm. uh, that'll mm -hmm. probably change next year as, as more money starts coming in. Um, right. my sleep schedule is really screwed up. Um, so we're recording this in the afternoon. And the reason is because I woke up two hours ago and I normally go to bed at like five or six in the morning because I'm writing the show recording to get it out the door around five or six. Right. Uh, and then I go to bed and then I start the process again. Mm -hmm. But when I wake up, I have to do things like, you know, interviews or, or anything that involves talking to other people, because that's when work hours are for everyone else. So the beginning yeah. of my day is always answering emails or talking to people. And then I focus on the show later in the evening when uh, I don't have to worry about that. Right. When the rest of the stuff is out of the way, I get it. Yeah, that's tough because it's all on your own. But that'll change. Like you said, when you get someone else, you hire someone else. Um and bring them in, it'll be easier for you, which will be good because that'll take some stuff off your plate. Um, so what intentional actions did you take to start this um, everything, uh, everything and Everywhere podcast? Uh, the, the biggest thing was to develop a format. And so mm -hmm. I put a lot of thought into that. And then before I did the show, I also created a list of 100 show ideas. And that's the one thing I always tell everyone to do before they start a show have a, a very long list of things that you can talk about. Even if it's a weekly show, a hundred ideas will give you two years 
worth of worth. stuff that mm -hmm. you can talk about. Uh, you don't have to stay committed to it. That list can change, but at least you know what you're going to be talking about because too many people start a show and then it's just kind of half-assed. Oh, we're going to talk about whatever. Instead of having something very tight, which is what people really kind of want. Um, and then the show format, I have stuck to 100% since episode one. I have a 30-second cold open. I don't do any pre-roll ads. I want my voice to always be the first thing people hear. I okay. tease them with what the episode will be about. I have an ad, and then I have the body of the content. Every single episode, I've done the exact same thing. And that 30-second cold open is something I can repurpose for social media and, uh, right. and for other things. I can use the text, put it in the show notes. I can use it for Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, it, it's very flexible with what I can do. And the entire script of the show, because I'm writing a script, that becomes a blog post. And I've also gotten more traffic to my website and I've increased my ad revenue there. So I've been able to kind of double dip right. with that as well. That's perfect. Yeah. And it's nice because you're able to use it on more than just one platform when you do it this way. Right. So mm -hmm. perfect. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, I guess a little deeper about, you know, the monetizing of your, even though we kind of touched on it, I just want to go a little deeper into the monetizing of your podcast. Well, because I have so many uh, downloads in such a large audience uh, mm -hmm. and, and it really is not a niche show. I mean, literally it's right. everything everywhere. So, uh, right. so the, the, the primary thing right now is just advertising and mm -hmm. uh, that I expect to, to, I'll even be doing a better job of that next year uh, with some better ad sales and uh, actually getting someone to, to rep me. So I think that that revenue should increase significantly. Uh, the other thing I'm doing, the other thing I'm doing is that I'm taking advantage of all the experience I had from when I did travel stuff and I'll be running tours starting next year. So the first offering is going to be a 10 day deep dive tour in Rome. And I picked Rome because I've just done so many episodes on the Roman Empire. And there are a lot of things that I've talked about in those episodes. And it allows me to, um, it's offering something that no one else is doing. There's a lot of tours to Italy where it's like, spend two or three days in Rome, then you go to Florence, then you mm -hmm. go to Venice. And everybody sees the same stuff in Rome. Go to the Trevi Fountain, go to the Colosseum, go to the Vatican. But there's a lot of stuff in and immediately around Rome that most people never see. Uh, right. If you take a 45-minute trip outside of Rome up to the hills in Tivoli, you can go to Hadrian's Villa. You can go to the Villa d'Est, which is one of the, this, this Renaissance-era uh, garden made by a cardinal who wanted to be pope. And it's all these fountains, and it's just gorgeous. Then you can go in the other direction and go to Ostia Antica, which was the port city of Rome. And it's kind of like going to Pompeii. They still have everything from the toilets to the mosaics on the floor of the city. And nobody so really goes cool. there. And then no one Rome really itself, knows it as, as well, right? It's not as, no. is it, I guess, is it, it's obviously popular, but not compared to like these things get overlooked. People don't realize they're even, except they, they're even there, right? Yeah. And this is, you know, uh, this is one of the things I always talk about is there's a problem in the, in tourism with over tourism, too many people visiting right. the same spot. And mm -hmm. one of the reasons is because people just don't know any better. Like most Americans could not tell you the name of a city in France outside of Paris, right. but it's filled with neat stuff. And there's even like in Italy, the city of Padua, Verona, Lucca, San Gimignano. Um, those that's just in like Tuscany and the area around uh, Venice. 
there's amazing things in it, but nobody has heard of those places because they've just heard of these big things and that's all they want to visit. And because they don't know about anything else, they don't visit there. And in the case with Rome, people do know about Rome, but they only know about a few things there. And there's everything from, say, the, um, the Palace of Nero, which was... Oh, um, that's all right. Oh, there you go. Perfect. No problem. Um, so and, the palace. Yeah. And uh, so the remains of the palace are there and they're it's it's underground and they were discovered in the Renaissance. And this was the biggest structure in the ancient world. And most people mm -hmm. don't even know it existed, let alone that you can visit it. Uh, but you can. There are catacombs in the area. You can take an underground tour of the Colosseum. Uh, there is the catacombs of the Vatican, which was the ancient Roman cemetery that the Vatican, that's why it was built where it was. Uh, they only allow like tours of like 10 people. And, you know, most people, again, don't even know it exists. But there's right. all kinds of stuff like that to be found all around the city. There are restaurants that do uh, meals of traditional Roman meals. And we don't realize that a lot of the things we associate with Italian food, like a tomato, are not from Italy. Those are from the new world. And right. you take out potatoes, tomatoes, and other things, and the cuisine of what it was like before, you know, the Renaissance is very different. And what was it you know, like it's, before it's then? Can, I'm, I'm intrigued. I want to know what it was like. <laughs> oh, it was very boring. Lots of like, you know, if you're rich, you maybe had some roast meats or something. But there, right. you know, you had like beets and turnips. Um, right. Yeah. It, it was just very, uh, lots of Plain. stews and, and you know, gruels and th those kind of okay. things, like porridge. Um, that's what you'd eat if you were poor. And Interesting. bread. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible that you're able to share all this stuff on your podcast with people because nobody really knows this kind of stuff and you're able to share it with them as well as with these tours on the tours that you're going to be going on to, are, are you going to be, you're going to be showing them some places like hidden gems almost. Right. Yeah. And actually one of the things we're going to do is before the tour starts, I'll be doing okay. online zoom lectures about a okay. lot of places we'll be visiting. So rather than waiting for people to show up and then talking about it, we'll just do it beforehand. And then they have a good idea of what it is and what to look for. Cause a lot of times it's really tiny stuff that is, is really interesting. For example, if you go to Pompeii and you go there and you're walking through the streets of Rome, and if, but if you look in certain buildings, you'll find signs pointing to the brothel. And the arrow pointing is a phallus, but they're way up at the tops of these buildings. And unless you know they're there, they're like, oh. And there's all sorts of these little things like graffiti left by people thousands or hundreds of years ago. Um, things that, you know, they do graffiti not... back then, like just with fruits and stuff as like, instead of a spray can, like, I, I'm just interested. Well, no, I, it was, I it was basically, it. basically putting their name or messages into, you know, just scratching it into something. Scratching if you go to Egypt, it, okay. yeah, you'll find that there were, uh, when the French were in Egypt and then later the British, there's all sorts of carvings in ancient Egyptian monuments dating back to the 18th century. Um, and the weird, the, the thing I always found weird is that when the British were carving their names and initials into this stuff, for some reason, they used a serif font <laughs> and they just didn't, you know, do it real simply. They put right. like lines over everything and 
Yeah. But yeah, you can, this little type of stuff, if, if you know where to look, um, you know, we, we think of like Roman sculptures as they're just white marble, but they weren't, they were colorful. They were painted uh, in usually very primary colors, like red, green, blue, yellow. And there's a few places where you can still see these flecks of paint uh, that, cause they were in like a, you know, a nook or something and uh, it didn't weather there when it was buried. And, but if you know to look for that little stuff, it gives you insight as to like what life was like back then. That's so incredible. I love all this information you're just even giving over on our podcast. Never mind the podcast that you're running. It's very compelling. And I, 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 I can imagine why you have so many downloads. Like you're sharing some yeah, a lot of it has been by valuable insight. People, people and I've I've even created this thing on the show called the Completionist Club for everyone that's listened to every episode. Uh, and there's over 800 episodes at this point. And right? I get yeah. people almost every day that are telling me that they've listened to every episode, which is, you know, for a lot of daily shows, if you have uh, a lot of episodes, you know, people will just start listening with the current one and go from there. Uh, but, mm -hmm. but all my content's evergreen, right? You know, I, it, and every so often, if I, if I take a day off, I'll just run a, a rerun. And most people don't really care because it may have been, you know, two years ago when they last heard it. So it's new to them. Right. I love it. This is all great. I'm so excited to hear about how the tours go and everything like that. Um, very, very exciting. So I know we're getting close to the end of the episode, but I just want to ask you, I guess, based on where you are today, if you were to double or triple your profit and revenue within a year, what are the things that you would change? Or what are some of the new challenges that you might experience? Well, right now I'm doing everything by myself and mm -hmm. I would like to hire a writer to take some of the burden off. Um, right. That'll make it a lot easier for, I'll never have to do a rerun again. If uh, I have someone doing, you know, even if it's just two or three episodes a week and right. I want to hire someone to do uh, YouTube. Um, I have the voiceovers and the audio tracks already done and I have the scripts written. So if I needed to, I could even, you know, re-record it. But I need someone exactly. to just help with the physical managing of the YouTube channel. They got to deal with the thumbnails and the titles and everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have 800 shows that are backlogged. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of educational YouTube channels with millions of subscribers that are nothing more than what I'm doing in the podcast with some stock footage overlaying it. So I just right. need someone to add the stock footage. And I think I could probably get a YouTube channel that within a year or two would have several hundreds of thousands of subscribers Absolutely, and maybe get a couple videos that are, you know, go into the millions. Uh, certainly there's plenty, plenty of, uh, you know, people that have done it before me. So I don't know why it couldn't be done. Oh yeah. It's been done before. So there's no reason that you can't do it. That's, that's awesome. I always like to ask this at the end of the interview, you know, what's your focus, what's your desire, what are some new challenges that might come along when, uh, if you were to double or triple where you're at today? The, the big and, plan is to just grow the show. So yeah. most of my revenue is going to get put back into promotion. And I think okay. that's one thing a lot of people don't, a lot of podcasters, they start a podcast and they just sort of think, well, if I build a podcast, it'll just be successful. And those days are over. Uh, podcasting is just like any other media property now whether it's a TV show, a movie, a book, an album. And 
you have to promote it. You know, the Avengers movie, the last Avengers movie that came out was one of the biggest movies ever. Everybody knew it was coming out because it was the second part of a two-part series. And they still spent $200 million promoting the movie. When, if you're an art, uh, a musician and you sign with a record label, you don't need them to record anymore. Recording's easy, right? You can get cheap microphones and record in a garage. What you need them for is promotion. And the reason why you sign with a book publisher, promotion. That's, I mean, that's and why on distribution in the case of books, but um, you need to think of a podcast like that. And what I did, I, you know, I was really financially in a tough spot with, with everything falling apart with travel. And I just started slowly. I started putting money into ads on like uh, Overcast, Podcast Addict, and other podcast right. apps. As more as the show grew, more money came in. I was able to start investing more and buying ads and shows. I just did a $1,000 ad buy uh, last week on this guy who had a show that I felt had an audience that was similar to mine, but his audience was almost all on Spotify. So I thought this was a great way to do a Spotify promotion without you know, doing a Spotify promotion. And it worked. Mm-hmm. It was my biggest week ever. Spotify really? numbers grew doing feed drops with other podcasts, all sorts of things, but you really have to work on promotion. And that's one of the things Mm -hmm. I learned paying attention to some of the top independent podcasters is they constantly have to be promoting and you have to spend money. I did a, I did a $5,000 ad buy in August uh, with player.fm and I'll be doing other large ones with other, uh, you know, and I went from, I don't know, a hundred subscribers to 12,000 in the course of two weeks. So you really, and a lot of people are afraid to spend money, you know, they're, they're afraid. And they're not they, willing they, to invest in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they're that's on where they get held back because it's like, oh, I don't want to spend $5 a month on hosting. Well, you're, you're probably never going to have a successful show if you're not, right. you know, it's no different than any other business. If you open a restaurant, you got to promote it. You got to buy an ad in the paper or a local radio station or something. Yeah. Otherwise people aren't going to know about it. So I don't know if you want to really treat your podcast as a business you have to invest in marketing. End of story. Absolutely. And so I noticed like a lot of people with the podcast is like you said, you have to invest in yourself or in your podcast um, for to allow it to grow. But I think that so many people get stuck in the unknown or, you know, the fear that it holds them back, but really it's just going to grow them. And that's what um, a lot of people struggle, struggle with that, you know? And, and, you know, um, start small. You, that's you got fine. It. You got to invest in it. Yeah. And, and you're, you will spend some money that mm-hmm. won't pan out. Uh, I've, I've done a couple of, uh, you know, ad buys that just did nothing for me, but right. that too was a lesson learned. I learned where not mm-hmm. to spend money in the future. And mm-hmm. as you know, the uh, amount I'm spending increases for promotion, I'll better be able to target that and get a better return on my investment by making those mistakes, smaller mistakes early on. You learn though, right? And you learn, you know, right. okay, this this is what worked, but this didn't work. But there's no way in figuring it all out unless you try, right? Take that leap yeah, of faith. And yeah, that's that's just how it works. It's business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Gary, for jumping on today and sharing all your valuable insight. Um and your story as well. I just think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, if anyone is looking to connect with you or find you, I know we mentioned the podcast name um, a few times here, but what would be the best way of connecting with you if anyone listening is wanting to? 
Uh, if you just go to, uh, if you subscribe to the Everything Everywhere Daily podcast, which is everywhere, uh, all the contact information, social media and email can be found in the show notes. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Gary. I appreciate you taking up the time out of your day. I know you have a crazy busy schedule. Um, so it was a pleasure having you on here. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. And if you want to, if you're a six figure or higher entrepreneur and want to jump on the show for an interview, just like Gary did, please go to podcastrebels.com. We'd love to interview you as well. Thanks again, everyone. And thank you so much, Gary. Catch everyone on the next episode. Bye. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.